Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's Candace and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yeah, we really thought that we'd have some stuff figured out by the time we were in our 30s. We definitely do not. We do not. <laughs> But we're getting better. We are. And uh, today we're going to stop and ask for directions from our dear friend, Ilse. Candace, you've known her for how long? I've known Ilse Juber since we were <laughs> 17 years old. Wow. Yeah. I've known her for more than half of our lives, which is so, well, almost. Jeez, I'm like, how old am I again? We've known each other forever. Ilse is a dear friend. She's also an incredible songwriter. She's worked with many artists that you guys have you guys, heard of. The list of people that she's worked with could go on forever. I've, I think my favorite is probably Beyonce on her Lemonade record. Which Who's she, that? <laughs> Beyonce Hi, is a brand Hi. new artist, Jack. Um, you may have heard from heard of her. Uh, Ilse is a very impressive um, 
woman and has a lot of life advice. Uh, she has been playing music ever since she was a teenager, and she's finally like hitting her stride and and is a great reminder that we all have our own path. Oh, you guys, and I mean her stories that she has are incredible. So make sure you listen to this all the way through. I mean, she's just such an inspiring person. I was a to be around. Nervous recording this episode. We haven't recorded an episode of Directionally Challenged since October of 2018. Mm-hmm. So this is our first episode yeah. of 2019. Hey I'm guys. so excited to be back, guys. We're back, baby. I know, Jack, we haven't seen you since uh, we were all drunk at my Christmas party. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Candace, that was really fun. It was. It they, was like the best Christmas party ever. It was, it, it, it was I mean, epic. halfway through when you guys surprised all of us with a mari- mariachi band playing Feliz Navidad parading through your oh, house. Yeah. And it was like a proper mariachi band. <laughs> oh, for sure. It Isn't was... that normal for a Christmas party? <laughs> no? Santa Claus was yeah. here. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah, we it had was... to pull some strings for that one. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, yeah. it's a busy season. He's so very I don't busy. Know, I don't know how very, you managed it. Very, very busy. He also had a great singing voice and joined us with singing Christmas carols. He was, he, I mean, he was almost an opera singing Santa. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, Joe and I really went for it for our Christmas party. So when Joe and I got married, we had three bands for our wedding. Um, three bands. Normal. Not it was overkill. a nighttime wedding. Wow. It wasn't like an all-day wedding. It was just one singular night. And so we- what did you do when the bands were like changing out? <laughs> oh, it was perfectly choreographed. Oh, really? Yeah. We, actually, four if you count Trombone Shorty. He played while I walked down no, the aisle. No, we count Trombone Shorty, yeah. of course. <laughs> and then we had um, a second line band lead us around. Oh, wow. Was and, it in New Orleans? Yeah, we got oh, married awesome. in New Orleans. And then we had Mashuka Lake uh, play... Uh, for our cocktail and then we had like DJs and then another pianist was there at the beginning. Wow, so, so I felt cool. like we hadn't thrown a really great big party since our wedding. So I feel like the Christmas party kind of became like a second wedding for us yeah. a little bit. Well, it was awesome. And it, how everyone sort of like crowded around the piano and started singing uh, Christmas carols very organically. I mean, it was just... It was what you would have expected from a party. I mean, it was next level. You had a snow machine in your backyard. Oh, yeah, that was cool. I did. It's California, so that's a big deal to us. Snowing in Los Angeles. Well, (laughs) truth be told, I may have had some wine one night, and I was (laughs) looking up fun Christmas things on the internet, and I was like, oh, cool, I can rent a snow machine. And this one looks like Frosty the Snowman, and he's adorable. Like, it's this frosty little the snowman, and he's got his hands cupped out, and he just blows snow out into the air. Um, And I was like, great, I'll just rent it and ship it back. I guess I'd had a third glass of wine and I bought it. <laughs> so now you own this thing. So I own it. He's right out there in oh, no. her backyard. She still hasn't cleaned it up. Yeah, I still cool. need to clean him up. Uh, That's so funny. But And then it's really, he's very complicated. You got to put like... Every 20 minutes, you got to refill him up with more snow. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's why he only, it was only snowing at various points. <laughs> He's a high-maintenance frosty. Yeah, really. Yes. <laughs> well, we should set it up. Let's go skiing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, it's going to be a great, yeah, when, when Game of Thrones is on, though, you know I'm going to get that out and go, winter is coming. <laughs> That's going to be a whole other party that we're so going to throw. that's why it's still out. That's why it's God. still out. I'm just God. waiting. I'm just waiting. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, we've got a special Christmas gift, gift for our uh, listeners. Yes, we do. As you guys, we mentioned last week. Yes. Okay. So we, as a reminder, we're going weekly and we're really excited about it. You guys asked and we listened. Yeah, we really do read your messages. Like, I know that we're bad at the internet, <laughs> considering <laughs> that we, we said that we would do like a Facebook Live months ago and we couldn't figure it out. Still and I can. know still it's can. just a button. 
person. <laughs> but it's deceivingly more complicated than that when you push the button and it doesn't work. That's because every live stream on Instagram, that's that's why every live stream on Instagram starts with, okay, I think it's going. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. Is it? What? <laughs> so we really do read your messages, though. We've figured out how to do that. And we've seen a lot of requests for the show to go weekly. And so we're doing it. We're going to experiment with it for a few weeks and see how it goes. So you guys, um, we just want to hear from you. Uh, tell us what you think. R- rate us, review us, tell your friends, spread the word. Yeah, most importantly, tell your friends. Yeah, tell because, all your friends. Because if this helps the show grow, we're going to keep doing it. Actually, they don't even need to be your friends. Just tell people. That's yes. true. Anyone tell, tell you enemies. see on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, make flyers. Do do kids still make flyers anymore? Is that a thing? No. no. God damn not. it. Yeah, it's all real. It's not, it's not on your cell phone. No. It is they all make, on the make cell phone. make memes. Yeah, maybe I'll make a flyer. I'll bring it back. Or make a meme. Share I'll, a meme. I'll just be hanging out in front of Ralph's because you know I love grocery stores <laughs> and I'll have my neon flyers, hashtag directionally challenged pod, and I I'll like just be it. telling everyone. You'll be about right there it. next to the Girl Scouts. <laughs> yes. Selling Girl Scout cookies. Oh, I'll beat those bitches. I'll be like, excuse Whoa. me. Whoa. Hey, Move I was a Girl Scout. Cookies. I'm offended. Move over cookies. Actually, let's be honest. I'd buy all of the cookies. <laughs> yeah. Because our Big Bear trip is coming up. You're right. And mm. that is part of our tradition. I'm so excited. We take a Big Bear trip with our friends, uh, usually during Valentine's Day weekend. And, um, because, you know, we love our friends as much as we love our significant others. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, and we always bring Girl Scout cookies and somehow they seem to get finished every year. Very quickly. No Shocking. Problem. I know. Because they're so delicious. Uh, so, ladies, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Uh, what aren't we talking about? <laughs> I'm so obsessed with Ilse, our guest. I mean, I was a fan before, but after she just left, I just think her interview is exactly what we all need to hear. Did you ever... Did you have a set goal when you were, obviously you started acting very young and you had success very quickly at a young age? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. The first show I was on, Freaks and Geeks, won like Emmys and all that good stuff. And I was so young, I didn't even know what I was in for. Um, But Ilse has such great advice for people who have started young and have a goal. And she also reminds us that your goals change, that life can change. And so you become um, a different person and that's okay. I am. I'm just, I, I, yeah, I'm in awe. Yeah, so it's it, it was really inspirational because I think sort of the the the, the overarching th- overarching theme of what we were talking about was like you kind of have to just accept that you're going to have to carve your own path because the way you think you're going to get to where you're going is going to be different, and in fact, it might not lead you to where you think. And I can speak to this personally because, you know, um, I wanted to be a filmmaker, and I'm still I'm I'm still a filmmaker. But I'm also doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like if I hadn't been open to that as a, as a possibility, we wouldn't all be sitting here. She also talks about having soul searching moments, right? Where you find what brings and makes you the best version of you. So she started in music, but she thought it would be performing. And then somehow she has found her path in writing and creating for other artists and how that is the best version of her. And I yeah. love that story. So, so what's, what's, you know, something from your life where you're like, well, so much because you're right. I started acting and as that's such a passion of mine and still is, but podcasting is so much fun and who knew that we yeah. would be doing this. Yeah. And I love this because we get, we're so much more in touch with our fans and it's much more of a community and we're learning along with you guys. And so it's fun to be going through this process with all of our fans because otherwise when you're on a television show or in a movie, it's just so much, much more of a separated relationship. You know, you don't get one on one with your fans and here we get to, and it's just yeah. really special. So I've loved that. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I mean, I moved to LA thinking I was going to do music. 
I mean, oh yeah, so you really changed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think I've talked about it a little bit. Um, but yeah, it just if I I had definitely had moments where I was like, well, this is it, time for me to pack up and go home. Um, and little surprises would kind of reveal themselves reveal themselves to say no actually there's something more for you to be doing here so when you when you first started acting were you sort of like yeah this is like a cool side thing while i'm getting my music thing together it was it was actually uh, the the record label that i was on requested that i get on a show on this on what was the wb right and funny enough yeah it was when a lot of artists were doing crossovers onto one tree hill they had so many musicians on at the time so and they really helped break a lot of young artists and um and it was also the MTV reality show generation. So we had like Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey on our TV, Ashley Simpson, like, you know, that just changed everything. So my first meetings with the record label at the age of 17 was like, well, we got to pitch you to MTV. And, and then also you need to start acting lessons so you can get on to One Tree Hill. Wow. Did you feel less That's pressure? Wild. Less pressure yeah. because it was sort of like a not a side gig, but sort of like it wasn't music. It no, was- I felt one so much pressure. Oh, wow. Well, also all of my friends at the time were successful actors on their own TV shows. You know, they it, like if I hung out with my friends or like my first teenage boyfriend, it was like go visiting them on sets. Mm. So it wasn't like this. Oh, who knows if that'll happen or not? It was like okay, I really. I mean, if anything, it might have been worse because like you don't have any experience. I didn't have any experience. And I felt yeah. so behind. Right. Um, but I was fortunate enough to it, it kind of worked out. I mean, I really did love it. No, it didn't kind of. No, work no, it out. Did, no, no. But in the beginning, in the beginning, <laughs> it definitely worked out. But in the beginning, I got like an independent film, which immediately got me into SAG. And that and I really loved being on set as an actor for the first time because I would always visit and hang out in the hair and makeup room and just kind of follow around my friends. And it was the first time I was in the hair and makeup room for a reason. And I really loved doing the work. Um, And so after that, I, I just was excited to keep auditioning and keep booking things. And then the writer's strike happened. So there were no auditions and we didn't talk about it, but um, I actually went on tour with Miley Cyrus. Um, Ilse works with her a lot right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, Miley would have been 14. She had her 15th birthday when we were on the road. I was one of her backup singers for the Best of Both Worlds tour. And that's what kept me afloat. I mean, I didn't have any backup plan. I had like... So music became your side gig. So music became the side gig. Yeah. And then by the time I got back to LA, I just, I was like, you know what? This is what I want to do. I was not working on the tour anymore. I'm I'm a terrible backup singer. I've said this before on this podcast and it's okay. It's true. (laughs) Um... And I, uh, I just took a bunch of classes. I took writing classes. I took acting classes. I took acting intensives and I really pushed myself into it. And, um, and, and then I got the job. Yeah. Once Candace and I were working on vampire together, we had this day off and we didn't leave my bed. I think we just like slept in my bed all day and just like kind of, I think it had been after a night out and we were exhausted and shooting's exhausting too. And we were like, let's show each other the worst (laughs) 
project we've ever been in. Oh. And we legitimately watched was each that others. It was. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I realized they were both horrible. Oh my God. They were also bad. I, I don't want to say know. any of them. Come on. No. Can you at least give us some clues as to why you I mean, hate it I know so much? I had done like this really kind of, you know, without giving too much away. Teen There's, movie oh, with so you Tara did like, Reed. So you and did it was like, like a Porky's kind of thing. For sure. It was like <laughs> Tara Reed was in it and like there's lots of naked people. I was not one of them, but um, it Body was double. one of those movies Body where, double. yeah, it was one of those movies where like, you know, were my parents thrilled I was in it? Probably not. So I showed Candace that and it's pretty bad. Yours is hot and cool. No, it's not. <laughs> Why? Yes. What is yours Candace, like? Yours is a pirate movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh no you're so embarrassed <laughs> you- oh yes Kayla it was a children's pirate movie where I had to be a boy pirate and have a like very cheap mustache on you were a boy yes you were I was a hidden boy pirate and I had a mustache on and and like the one thing that I took away from it which funny enough is still on my resume is I had to take sword fighting classes for a few weeks wow so still on my resume guys so uh, you're a real swashbuckler yeah I literally I had an audition like months back and someone and one of the casting directors was like um so it says here that you do sword fighting <laughs> is this an active hobby of yours and I was like oh god like, why is that on there but it's such a good lesson for people to know yeah. that it's you nice started breaker. in a movie like that and then you know I've had so much success so it's just good for everyone to realize that yeah. you know you gotta start somewhere sometimes you gotta carve your own path <laughs> with right. your own sword <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned guys we will be right back after this break with Ilse Juber Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. This podcast is brought to you by Showtime and the acclaimed comedy series Smilf. Bridget Bird is a 20-something single mom from South Boston doing her best to juggle life, work, and relationships, all while staying true to herself and creating a better life for her son, Larry. Starring Frankie Shaw, Rosie O'Donnell, and Connie Britton, don't miss the return of Smilf. New episodes every Sunday, only on Showtime. And we are back with one of our favorite guests. Not only is she wildly talented, but she's a dear friend of ours, Ilse Juber. Yeah, such a dear friend, Kayla. review her last name yeah, such a good friend you didn't know how to say my last name <laughs> well, until i just told you now right i'll now. never forget because she said it's juper like uber so <laughs> um, you guys ilsi is so talented you probably just saw her on snl performing with miley cyrus and mark ronson oh, and she has created and collaborated with beyonce drake Sean Mendez, Diplo, Ty Dolla Sign, Camila Cabello, Two Chains, Mariah Carey, Christina Aguilera, Lincoln Park, Pitbull, Britney Spears, Nick Jonas. I could go on forever. Did I miss anyone? A lot, probably. I mean, I don't. I didn't even know half of those. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel emotional over here because I have known you since we were like sixteen and seventeen. Yeah. Um and. I'm, wow, I don't, that was, I didn't, oh, geez, am I hormonal <laughs> today? What's going on? Um, Candace is actually really tearing up right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm just so happy for you. And we've known each other since we were 16, 17 years old. That's and so crazy yes. how long. Um, it's like half I, of our, over half of our lives. Yeah. Over half of our lives. The running joke forever was I brought you to get your first pedicure and I felt very honored. It's true. <laughs> and, but also, I remember. Probably says more about me than anything <laughs> <laughs> But I remember you played like Genghis Khan back in the day, uh-huh. which is this like tiny little like was it's like a, it's a, a Chinese restaurant with like a little performance space in the back. 
Yes. And I remember cheering you on there. It, you Like you were just the girl who was wildly talented. And anytime there was a guitar in the corner, you had no fear <laughs> to pick up that, ga- that guitar and sing your heart out and let anyone in the room listen to the song that you were writing. And now let's like fast forward uh, 13 years later and here we are. It's so crazy. I mean, we've we've like had this group of friends for so long and everybody had all these different talents and everybody had all these dreams and ambitions. And now we're all like grownups. We're grownups. And, and we're, we've all kind of achieved these goals and these dreams in all of our different respective ways. And it's pretty incredible to watch. Well, I've been fortunate enough to watch your bat mitzvah video. So I feel like I've really <laughs> done a deep dive. Because there was a time when you loved showing people your bat mitzvah video as My well. mom loved showing people my bat mitzvah video. Well, there was a really um, uh, epic celebrity appearance at your bat mitzvah, who's also, like, obviously a family friend. Um, but that was, like, the main thing was Sir Paul McCartney. He was not at my bat mitzvah, actually. Sarah was- liked to tell people that he was. <laughs> that was just my dad. Lies! That was my dad playing guitar at my bat mitzvah, and Sarah liked to tell everybody that that was Paul McCartney. Clearly it worked. That's how rumors start. (laughs) That is how rumors get started. Well, also, your dad did play with Sir Paul McCartney. That is true. In Wings. Um, You come from such an impressive family legacy, both musically and TV. I mean, your grandfather, your mom's dad. Also, there's some shows. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Gilligan's Island or The Brady Bunch, but the creator of that was Sherwood Schwartz which was your grandfather. Yeah. So you kind of had like my dream childhood (laughs) because usually when you're a child and you're like, mom, dad, I'm going to be an artist. And they're like, whoa, let's think about a practical job. Like you came from so much art and creativity. When did you know that you wanted to be in the arts? Um, I mean, it's kind of just all I've ever wanted. It's all I've ever known. Um, I think for me, it was more about how is it going to manifest? Like, what is the exact way that it's going to happen? Because I, I started off wanting to be a drummer. That was like my, my thing. Um, I played, well, I, I took piano lessons when I was a little kid and I wasn't super into that. But then when I turned like 11 or so, I wanted to be a drummer. That was like my, my goal because I was super into Hanson. That was like my favorite band ever. (laughs) And I was going to marry Zach Hansen and we were going to like go on these tours playing drums together. And that was my, that was my goal was to be a drummer. And I got a drum set and I was like really into it. And then that shifted when I was probably about 16 to writing songs, playing guitar. And then I was going to be, you know, the next Dave Matthews or something. (laughs) (laughs) Did you feel pressure uh, being in the same industry as your dad, who's already so successful in it? And, you know, did that add to the pressure of succeeding? Um, Not really, because I I think it for me, it was more just like, okay, well, if you're going to do it, then you have to just do it. Like you have to do it the best. Mm. There was no like backup plan. There was no, what are you going to do if this doesn't work out? It was just kind of assumed that it was going to work out and that I was going to be awesome at it. And that it was like going to happen. Well, I guess that is a certain amount of pressure because for me, there was no other option or alternative. So it was either this or nothing. (laughs) So I think like, it was just a matter of like, all right, like what's, what's the exact direction. And then I think that was a journey to find exactly what I'm doing right now, which is writing songs for 
artists and writing with artists and helping them to to find their voice and 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 all of that but see I would have thought that you were writing songs from a really young age were you like you you didn't start until you were older than well, well I not did. that 16's I, older but. I kind of wrote like little songs in my head all the time like Halloween would come around and I would write like a little song about candy in my head but I just wouldn't share it <laughs> <Yeah>. with anybody <laughs> um but I started writing songs like on guitar for real when I was probably about 14 or 15. I started writing poetry a little bit before that, but then I, I would put it to music when I was about 14. Can you take us through the creative process of writing a song and what that is? Oh, is that boy. a sacred thing? Or, <laughs> I, no, it's just there's no one way. Uh huh. I think it's it's different every time I do it because it depends on the circumstances. It depends on the day. It depends on who I'm with. And, and if I'm just by myself writing a song on guitar, which doesn't happen too often anymore because I spend so much time in studios with all, all sorts of musicians and, and producers and artists and all that. So most of my energy goes to that. But every once in a while, I'll sit down at a piano or guitar and I'll write a song by myself. And that's usually just like letting the idea come out. And I'll start with some chords and I'll just kind of mumble stuff until I find what I'm trying to say. Um, a lot of times, though, it'll start with a title or it'll start with just kind of, it rarely starts with an idea. Mm. It's either a title or melodies. And if it's melodies, then I mumble my way until I hear something that sounds like a lyric. And then I'm like, oh, that's what it sounds like I'm saying. And then I, I chase that. Um, so if, are you doing something mundane like washing the dishes and then a melody pops in your head? Sometimes. Wow. Sometimes. Um, usually if a, if a, if a melody or an idea pops in my head i'm either in the bathtub in the shower by the beach like it's always water for some reason is involved or driving oh, that's interesting um yeah to me that seems like it's when you're most relaxed yeah and there's something kind of like calming about it and and meditative i guess so you obviously so you start writing songs you start playing the guitar yeah when did you decide, like, what was your first break at that point? What was the plan? Because I just remember you were ready. You were just performing constantly. And so what? And we were both doing music at that same time yeah, and we yeah. had such different trajectories. And but I was always so impressed and jealous by your bravery. Like that was <laughs> I still my nightmare is having to sing in front of anyone. <laughs> and that it was just immediately you were home. So when did you what was like the next step that you found? Like what was the next goal at that point? I mean, the goal for me, I don't know. I think I had different goals along the way. Like the goal at one point was like get a record deal. That was like the big thing was mm -hmm. like I got to get a record deal and be an artist and like put out an album and win a million Grammys and be like the biggest artist in the world. And I think like so everything kind of was shifted and angled towards that. So it was like a lot of performing and trying to get attention. It was all about like getting attention from the right people or who I thought were the right people at the time. Yeah. And so I think that that was kind of like the focus for a long time was just like, like you said, I would play for anybody, anytime, anywhere, because I was like, well, you never know like who you're going to play a song for. That's going to be the person that's going to like change it all. But is that, isn't that what led you to your first writing credit? Um, or am I mixing that up? Kind of. I mean, that, that was kind of more of a twisted journey of like, I don't know. It's just such a long story of like... <laughs> Um, well, your first writing credit, my first writing credit. Well, I, I mean, ultimately what ended up happening was I, I was 
chasing the artist thing for a really long time. And then I ended up in my band, the Canyons. And then through that, we signed a, a publishing deal. And once I had a publishing deal, when the band ended, I was like, what am I going to do next? And that was like the soul searching moment where I had to be like, what's my favorite part of all of this? And that was the writing part. And so then I, I went to my publishers and I said, you know, I, I just need to write. Just can you set me up on some sessions and let me try this? And and then they did. And then that's when it kind of all fell into place. And for people that don't know what a publisher is, a music a publisher is basically somebody that that publishes your songs. So they're responsible for shopping your your songs when they come in and, and they're, you know, they kind of own your catalog, I guess, is the best way to put it. So it's been quite a journey, right? It's yeah. been years and years of like you choosing something and then your goals changing and all that. So yeah, that's really what it is. It's just like goals changing along the way. How many times did you want to quit? Uh, never. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I ever wanted to quit. I just wanted to change directions till I found the right one. Um, cause for me, music was always the, the end game. It was, that was never a question. It was just, how am I going to find the right angle on it? And so that's what I mean about directions changing is just like, you know, am I going to focus on me as an artist? Am I going to focus on writing songs? Am I going to focus on helping other artists write songs? And, and that's, you know, once I kind of refined what my specialty is, I think that's when everything kind of fell into place. It's like, oh, okay, where can I be a star? Where can I be the absolute best at what it is that I do? And what I do best is the thing that I'm doing right now, I think. Because, you know, I think that when you find the thing that you shine brightest at, when you can really narrow that down, that's when you find, like, the path. And do you feel it? Do you feel it in your yeah, bones? I do. I do. And, there, you know, obviously there's days when I'm like, oh, like, this is hard or you know, where I feel like I'm not quite in the zone or in the right space or whatever. And, and that's when I have to kind of like reflect and be like, okay, well, what am I doing that's wrong? What am I not focused on? What am I focused on too much? And then that's when I kind of readjust. I'm like, well, maybe I'm not working with the right people or the right projects. And I kind of go a little bit deeper in on it because, you know, it's all about working on the things that really creatively fulfill you. Gosh, you're really good at self-reflection and knowing yourself <laughs> enough. It sounds like it. And knowing yourself enough to know where to go from here or what your next step is or the next direction. Um, I think it's some days. Yeah. Some days I feel very lost. And, you know, and I, I think that if you're, if you allow yourself to be lost and if you allow yourself to like know that you have no idea, then all it is, is it's more just awareness of like, of being in that space and openness to receiving whatever signs may come along. Because I think like the, the universe is always going to show you like what the next step is, but you can't always see it if you're not paying attention, you know? Love that. How old were <laughs> you when the canyons ended? Who, and do you want to, the other members yeah, of this band yeah. are also like, badass talented for sure yeah um the canyons was well it, it the idea started um randy jackson who's awesome and was on american idol obviously and we all know who randy yeah. jackson is <laughs> um randy and i met and uh 
And he was like, yo, I got this idea, dog. And, you know, I'm going to start this band. And it's going to be like the next Fleetwood Mac. And I was like, hell yeah. That sounds amazing to me. I've always wanted to be Stevie Nicks. And that's your karaoke song. <laughs> that is my Nailed karaoke it. song. That's your karaoke song. Um, so uh, very shortly after that, I met Allison Porter, who's an incredible singer and and awesome person. And she actually won The Voice a couple of seasons ago. And... Uh, She's going to hate me for saying this, but she was Curly Sue in the movie Curly Sue. (laughs) Um, And we started writing songs together and singing together. And and it just kind of was like, obviously, you're going to be in this project. And then it was like finding our third person because we wanted to have three people. And actually, we went through all these different people. L. King being one of them, who's an incredible singer songwriter. Um, who's had amazing success. You've on worked her with own. her as well, right? On other, her other. No, album. I no. actually haven't, but, but we did like, th- you know, this project together and then she went off and did amazing things on her own. And then, uh, Jordan Lawhead ended up being our third person. Who's an awesome singer songwriter from, uh, Nashville. And he, so he was kind of our, our third person and we made it like an EP together and we signed our, our deal with Randy and we signed our publishing deal and it was like this whole thing. And then, you know, I think we all just kind of had different ideas at the time of like exactly what to do with it and where to take it. And, and it just, you know, life happens and Allie wanted to have her family and she got pregnant and all that kind of stuff, which was the right move for her at the time. And so at that point, I think I was, how old was I? I was probably like 24. Five, maybe 26, yeah. something like that. Cause that's a lot of the questions we get from our listeners are that they're in their early twenties or mid twenties. And they're like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. Or my life is taking on a new direction. And is, is it too late? Or is it, and it's like, no, you're, you're young. And this is the time when it is totally, it's always appropriate to kind of figure out what the next thing is for yourself, for sure. but especially when you're in your in your 20s. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to lie. I definitely had like a panic yeah. <laughs> in that moment where I was like, oh my God, I thought this was the thing. Yeah. I thought this was like my moment. Like this, we, I had this band and we were going to be the biggest thing in the world. And there was like hype and it was all this, you know, it was like the thing. And then it ended and I was like, oh my God, do I have to get a real job? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, maybe this, like I, that was the only time I've ever questioned like, what I was going to do, like what my next step was. Yeah. Because so, it's usually been clear what the next step is. And I just didn't know. So how and, did you figure that out? Um, well, what ended up happening was I, I got a real job oh, okay. <laughs> and what I, was it? well, I, uh, I ended up working at a rehab, like a rehabilitation center for oh, drugs yeah. and alcohol. Um, and I've, I've been sober for a long time now and I felt like if I was going to do anything, I wanted to do something that would be of service to people in some mm-hmm. way and where I could feel like I was making a difference in other people's lives and, you know, get paid for it. Um, <laughs> and be an adult. Yeah. yeah. And be an adult. I mean, yeah. it was the first time I was like, how am I going to support myself? What am I going to do? And, you know, and so we were I had personal to like, assistance back in the day. We were at the personal assistants. Yes. But that's still like being a personal assistant in LA doesn't, even though it's a real job, sometimes it can feel so whimsical and you're like, yeah. where am I? And you're Who still like I traveling with? to far off locations yeah. and, you know, you're around like the celebrity, you know, and, and so it doesn't feel like a nine to five. And this felt like a nine to five. Like I woke up in the morning and I had to be at a job. And how long did this go for? Go on. This for? was about a year. This was about a year. And I had a publishing deal at this point still, like I was under contract with Sony ATV and 
you know, but I had no money and I had to make money and I had to support myself. And, and that was the moment where like doing this job as fulfilling as it was to help people and to feel like I was doing something worthwhile, I was miserable because I wasn't doing the thing that I feel like I was put on this earth to do. And that frustration pushed me so hard to like figure out another way. I was like, okay, I can't do this. I can't like not do music. And that was the point where I went to my publishers and I was like, I don't know exactly what it's going to be. Maybe I'm writing songs for myself. Maybe it's for other people, but I just have to write and I want to try something. And they kind of like, it's not that they blew me off. They just didn't really like necessarily know you know, what, yeah, well, or or what I was capable of. I didn't know what I was capable of. I'd never done it before. And so I just kind of took a leap of faith a little bit. And so did they in putting me in these sessions, like songwriting sessions are basically like blind dates (laughs) where you show up and you're just like, okay, Hey, nice to meet you. Here's my entire soul. Let's write a song together. (laughs) Um, and I just faked it. Like there was all these things I didn't know how to do like recording vocals. Cause you, you basically, you write a song, and then you record it in the same day and then you walk away with like a finished demo and it's like a lot of just concentrated energy and, you know, all these techniques that I just didn't know that I just pretended I did. <laughs> so people would be like, hey, can you, you know, do doubles on your vocals and the harmonies and all this stuff? And I was like, yeah, of course, for <laughs> sure. Snip, snap, whoopity <laughs> do, I got this. Yeah, like, like just pretending I, I knew everything. And th- people would reference all these people in the industry and I'd be like, oh yeah, that person for sure. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so did you have any like imposter syndrome stuff where you're like, I'm going to get found out at any moment? I, just I like, have that every day yeah. still. Okay. <laughs> every day of my life. I walk into the studio and I'm like, when are they going to realize I don't belong here? <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of moments where you've had to be your own cheerleader. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't, yeah, I guess like just believing in myself almost to like a foolish degree where I'm just like, I know I'm going to make it. I know I'm going to make it. And luckily I've found people along the way that, that believe in me more than I believe in myself at this point. And I'm so fortunate to have a team around me. And and I'm actually really grateful that I have a family that's actually always believed in me more than I believe in myself and having that support from my parents and my sister and like everybody just with this like unshakable faith that I'm just going to make it and willing to like, you know, help support me when I couldn't support myself and, and pay my parking tickets and you know all that kind of stuff. I mean, if I hadn't had them along the way, I don't know what I would have done. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Support for today's show comes from HelloFresh. Make conquering the kitchen in 2019 a reality with deliciously simple recipes from HelloFresh. Each week, HelloFresh delivers pre-measured ingredients and easy-to-follow six-step pictured recipe cards to your door in a special insulated box. All meals come together in 30 minutes max. Call for less than two pots and pans and require minimal cleanup. And with three plans to choose from, including classic, veggie, and family, as well as the option to switch plans when your tastes change, there's something for everyone. Oh my gosh, I loved my HelloFresh meals this week. They were really good, Yeah, I made like this Korean like this um the, with the korean bowl and it was like this korean beef bowl it with, was so good oh my gosh everyone ate all of it we chose to make that one first you did of all the ingredients you guys are wild <laughs> 
<laughs> so take advantage of HelloFresh's special offer for 2019. Get $80 off your first month by going to HelloFresh.com slash Challenged80 and enter promo code Challenged80. That's HelloFresh.com slash Challenged80 and enter promo code Challenged80 to take advantage of HelloFresh's special offer t- for 2019 and get $80 off your first month. And we're back. What was the first, when was the first session that you were there where you're like, okay, I got it. I'm not faking it till I'm making it anymore. Like it, it start, when did it start clicking for you? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know that I can answer that. Was it the first time that you heard a song that you were a part of on the radio? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think like my first song of mine I ever heard on the radio is Fireball. <laughs> which is so funny because it's like the it's not really my style but it was like this collective that I was a part of and we would make all these songs together and and like with Fireball we wanted to make like the ultimate wedding party song that everybody would want to party to and and play I think you I've know. heard that at every wedding I've been at yeah I mean it's just one of those songs and and you know and we were fortunate enough to just like Everybody was drinking Fireball at the time, and <laughs> I wasn't. Some being of us sober. still are, Ilse. <laughs> um, and we were all at a beach house in Oxnard, and we—I was invited to this writing camp, and it was me and and five guys, and we just spent a week making music. And and during that same week, I think even on the same day, we wrote Headlights, which was a, a Robin Schultz song that I was featured on which was the exact opposite song of Fireball. If you could pick an opposite song to Fireball, it's that song. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We, we wrote Fireball and then we were like, no one in the world can do this song but Pitbull. And we were lucky enough to get him to to to, to be on it and, and write his verses. And, you know, I heard that song on the radio and I was like, I think I might be like actually making it a little bit. <laughs> That's such a great feeling. I remember yeah. you playing it for me in the car. Yeah. You were like, I, I did this. And I was like, <laughs> what? Because <laughs> it's so unlike anything yes. I've ever heard you write or be a part and of. And still is. <laughs> it still is. Um, so for listeners, writing camps. And I'm, I'm totally, like, that's my, sounds like a dream. I just want to, like, go to a castle and be creative with a bunch of artists. Like, can <laughs> you, is that what they're called, writing camps? Yeah. yeah. Can you explain to everyone what that is? I mean, a writing camp is, is if you can just imagine summer camp basically, but with a bunch of writers and producers just hanging out, writing songs all day is kind of what a writing camp is. There, there's different variations of it. I mean, like a, a writing camp that's in town, that's directed to a specific artist. They do those too, where it's like, oh, okay, you know, X pop star needs this kind of song. We're going to throw a bunch of people together and see if we can get that kind of song. But, um, like there's, they have a lot of these camps where it's just like, we want to get a bunch of creative people together and just see what comes of it. And so they'll stick us all in a castle in France and be like, okay, go at it. <laughs> we were in Paris on a girl's trip and Ilse was also in Paris or where were you? At- yeah, we were, we were in the South of France at a castle. Um, she goes, I just came from a castle in the <laughs> south of France. Can I come over to your apartment? Yeah, and we and had a dinner party and you brought Julia Michaels. Yes. Before yeah, we, she was yeah, Julia Michaels. Yeah, and Cammy's drinking wine being like, will you sing for us, Julia? <laughs> and that, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing though, because you have all these incredibly talented people that, you know, some of them start off writing songs for other people and then they become artists themselves. And that, that was one example of it where we were at this castle 
writing, you know, music for other people. And then she went off and had this incredible, you know, is having this incredible career as a, as an artist. So is there one song that you have created that you are, that is your favorite that you feel like speaks of who you are as an artist the most? (sighs) No, (laughs) not really. I mean, I think each song that I've been a part of, even Fireball has like a little part of me in it and, and has something special that I connect to. So I think it's, it's hard to answer that. Um, the second I write a song and, and an, another artist does it, or I write a song with an artist and then they take it and it has a life of its own. It's not mine anymore. And so I disconnect from it and it's not about what it meant to me when I wrote it. It's not about what I feel when I listen to it. It's about what the artist attaches to it and what meaning it has to them and then what it has to their fans. And so I think it's like, I have to kind of remember that it's not about me. And when I remember that, then I'm, I'm okay. If I make it too much about myself, then it becomes about ego and it becomes about me trying to prove something. And, and that's not what I'm in it for. I'm in it to help artists say what it is that they're trying to say and, you know, put stuff out there that means something to them. Did you, was it a process to, have you had a good relationship with your ego or do you feel like that's more recently that you've been able to make that separation? And that's coming from someone who struggles <laughs> with being able to separate myself from my ego. Right I mean, now. I struggle with it all the time. I really do. I think in it's, it's hard when you're in an industry where you can literally look on a chart and you're like, and you can see where you know, your work is compared to other people's work. And then you judge yourself based on, you know, what your status is in the world and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, it's hard for me sometimes to, to separate myself from that and from what other people around me are doing, because, you know, there's this always this like FOMO feeling of everybody else is doing stuff that I want to be doing and then feeling like you're not a part of and, and all of that. And I think, you know, I have this this tendency to feel like it's never good enough. I'm never good enough. My work is never good enough and all that. And that's still ego, yeah. even though it's insecurity. And even though it's like, it's me feeling like less than, feeling less than is still ego. It's just a different form of it. It's feeling like I'm, you know, I'm so important that I should feel equal to, you know, or whatever it is. But I, I think like, just knowing that it's it should be about the art and it should be about just creation. And I think that that's the hardest part for me is when I'm focused on the results, it's about ego. When I'm focused on the creation, it's just about the art. And, and it's hard to remember that. So you hear yourself on the radio. Well, you hear the song that you were part of writing on the radio. Yeah. Did that all of a sudden open all the doors or was it you still had to kind of keep knocking and kick them down? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a, it's it's a, always a process of trying to get better and better and better and and open more doors. Because once you open a door, you're like, ah, oh, I'm in the room, and then you look and there's another door, <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool, now I got to get to that. It's like a video game, yeah, you know. Yeah. And like once you once you like reach a certain level, you're like, okay, cool, but now I got to get to that next level. And like you in this industry, you never you never rescue the princess. <laughs> well, I felt you rescued the princess when, <laughs> you know what I'm about to say, when you were 
part of a song on, Be- on Beyonce's Lemonade. I can't even say it. I'm so excited because um, I watched it, bawled my eyes out, and then just started like texting everybody I knew and being like, you have to watch Lemonade. And I remember we were chatting and I'm in Denver after Florence was born and you were like, oh yeah, I'm actually a part of that. I have one of the songs on there <laughs> and it's all night. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you allowed to tell us about the process of finding out how your song was going to be on it? Or yeah, you... for sure. I okay. mean, you know, I don't know how secretive it is. No, okay. it's, it's not really, like it's really secretive. secretive. I, I, I feel nervous. The even talking lead up about to it, it yeah. is secretive <laughs> for sure. And I, I can tell you that I didn't know until I saw it on TV wow. that it was for sure going to be on there. Wow. Um, and, you know, and that song, I'm so fortunate, like I, the, the feeling of being a part of that project and just the impact it had on culture and the impact it had on, on, Everybody, you know, just knowing to, that I was a part of that in any small way was like, you know, it, it affects me in, in a big way. Um, and honestly, I mean, you know, I didn't do too much on it. I just wrote some lyrics on some verses, but I still, you know, being a part of that was really big for me. Um, and yeah, I mean, we basically were just notified that the song might be used on this secret project and then we were like, okay, that's kind of weird. And then we found out what it was. And then the day of, they were like, hey, we need to do splits on this song, which is splits being uh, where they figure out the percentages. And we were like, oh, shit, this might actually get used. And then Evan, my manager, came over to my house um, to watch Lemonade on HBO. And I realized I didn't have HBO. And so five minutes before it oh, came man. on, five minutes before it came on HBO, I called Time Warner Cable. And of course, like I'm on hold. Oh my God. And two this minutes is a Beyonce before, emergency. Well, no, two minutes before they pick up the phone and I was like, I was like, I need to get HBO immediately. And the woman was like, well, I was like, Lemonade, Beyonce, I got, I have, and she was like, say no more. And, and it zapped to my TV within moments. And then, and sure enough, it started all of them. And of course, All Night is the very last song on Lemonade. So I had to wait for the entire thing to know that that was on there. But, you know, I, I think I was what I'm so fortunate. To, I mean, when, when it came on, what did you, how did you react? I mean, I was pretty speechless. I can only I was imagine. just like, what is happening right now? Wow. Um, and I had only heard the song a couple of times, so I wasn't even <laughs> sure that it was the right song. Because so you, whole... you, you didn't see anything either. Like, you didn't see the music video that came with her or anything. You were, it was like no, totally fresh. I didn't know anything. Did you yeah. cry? Wow. Uh, I think I was more in shock. I don't think I cried. Well, I was crying. You're crying earlier you. today. So. I know. <laughs> yeah, but I think like, you know, it's funny. I... It's hard for me to take credit on things that I feel like, well, you know, I didn't write that much on the song and whatever. But I think I've put in a lot of work to be in a position to get those kind of calls from people like Diplo, who I have so much respect for, who I've done a lot of work with. And, you know, so when he thinks of me to to help out on a song like that, that takes time to build that relationship and that trust. And, and so I think, you know the work that goes into it is, is not to be taken lightly. And I think that's what I have to remember um, is it's not just that one song. It's, it's the whole buildup of like how you get there. Uh, so, yeah. And then all the doors that that can open yeah, up in a beautiful exactly. way. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that the one thing that, 
that I always have to remember. And I tell people this all the time when, you know, because a lot of writers and artists that I talk to all the time, no, no matter how big or small or, or whatever, everybody always feels the same way that they get nervous or they they get insecure and they're like, well, when I walk into a room with, with X person or that person or people that I feel like are better than me, you know, I, I don't feel like I belong there. And I feel that all the time. But the one thing that I always try to remember is you're never anywhere on accident and you don't end up in a room like that on accident. If you're there, you're there for a reason and you're there because you've worked to get there. And I think if you remember that, whether you're an actor going in on auditions, whether you're going in on a job interview, like you just don't end up anywhere by accident. And I think if you have that confidence to just know that, you know, whatever happens, you're there for a reason. And you wouldn't be there if you couldn't handle it. Do you have um, mentors? That I, have... I do, yeah. Every, I, I feel like everybody I work with is a mentor in some way. Um, I think, you know, I've been so fortunate to work with, like, incredible artists and producers. And, you know, one person that I work with right now is Mark Ronson, who, who I feel like I don't even know how I got so lucky to work with him because he's just, like, this massive genius, insanely talented human that, you know, I've looked up to for so long. And I remember the day that I met him walking into the studio and being like, why am I here? What's going on? And, you know, I think we've developed this relationship over time of, of just like creative trust and the fact that like he wants to hear what I have to say and, and, and respects me in, in any kind of way is like amazing. And, and I've learned so much from just watching his process and being a part of his world. And so that's somebody that I really look up to. And, you know, my managers are mentors to me and every artist I work with is a mentor to me. And, you know, I think that no matter who you're with, like even a brand new writer that's never written anything on the charts or anything like that, if they say something in a session where you're like, oh man, I've never thought of it like that. That's a piece of information you can take with you and, and that stays with you. Do you see yourself... 10 years ago and the new writers that are coming into the room now? Like, do you have young writers that you feel like you want to mentor at this point? Totally. I mean, I think once you get to a certain point, it's kind of your responsibility to start giving back because so many people have given to me and taken a chance on me and, and seen something in me early on and, and wanted to work with me. And so I think, you know, it wouldn't be right if I didn't pass that along. Um, you know, I think finding in, and there's a couple of people like young, like teenagers that I found where I'm like, oh, I think there's something special in there. And so I, I try to kind of help guide them along the way a little bit and help in any way that I can. Um, but I think it's really special when you see somebody like first starting to write songs and there's when you don't know anything is sometimes when you write like the most amazing stuff because you, you don't know how to like self-correct and so it's just this pure inspiration coming out. And I think there's really something magical about that and, and trying to make sure that those people don't like lose that initial spark. Cause you know, I think you can get jaded really quickly and then you lose like the ability to just have that pure inspiration. I feel like when we met, when we were young, we were also surrounded with a lot of very successful 
young teenagers yes. <laughs> like we weren't it was like oh yeah that there's our friend who's off to work on their big show and everyone was either working on sets or like winning awards or yeah. it was a very intimidating group of people to be totally. around and I don't know about you but I definitely felt a pressure of like okay success needs to happen like right now yeah and it's or I'm already behind um but it obviously didn't happen overnight for you do mm -mm. you are you grateful for that are you looking back like I mean, I, I, I'm immensely grateful for that because I think that if it had happened when I was 17 or 18, I would have fallen apart. You know, like there's a reason that I got sober and, you know, it's like doing this in sobriety, doing this like with a sound mind and doing this now, I'm able to deal with everything with a certain perspective that I didn't have back then. And I think everybody's journey is different, yeah. but... You know, and there's some like really enlightened teenagers <laughs> that can deal with it really well. But, I, you know, I would not have been able to deal with it had I been having the success that I'm having right now back then. And I probably would have sabotaged it <laughs> in some way. Do you feel like the young writers that you're working with that in this digital age that they feel a need to have it all figured out really quickly? It... Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of like with social media, especially like everybody's always comparing themselves. And so the, you see these people like posting about, you know, their songs that they have out and then other people comparing themselves to what they see on there. And then everybody, it's like this competition of feeling like, well, that person has a number one. So I have to have a number one. And, and everybody's like in this race, but what they don't realize is like, you're, nobody's actually racing each other. Nobody's in competition with anybody else. Like everybody's on their own path and it's not, there's so much space. There's so much space for everybody to have success. And it's not a competition between me and you. It's a competition within yourself to just do the best work. And I think, you know, everybody wants to kind of reach this peak, but like there is no peak because if you reach some peak, then you're just going to fall. So you just want to be climbing steadily, I think. That's such good advice. You don't want the video game to be over. No, no. The princess should stay in the castle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can that be your, the title of your next yes. song? <laughs> That's where she writes all of her best stuff. Yeah. Or the prince. Or the or prince. The, we're, yeah, in, yeah. we're in a new age. We yeah. don't want to don't limit the gender. You've had such great advice. Is there anything else you want to give to our listeners about your journey or any advice that you would give your younger self? Uh... I mean, the only advice that I would give to your listeners is like, don't listen to anything I say because I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I'm still figuring it out every day. And, and you know, some days I think I, I understand a little bit. And then some days I'm like, that was not it at all. Um, and I think it's different for everybody. Everybody's journey is different. Just because it worked this way for me does not mean that it's going to work this way for you. Your journey is going to look completely different. And, and, you know, everybody's path is their path. And, and I think that we all have to have respect for that. And I think, you know, I often find myself in a position where I'm like, I can get a little bit judgmental sometimes where I'm like, well, that person's not doing it right because they have to be, you know, in the room with this person and that person or else they're not going to, you know, find any success. But then I'm like, well, that's that's my journey. That's not their journey. They're doing it exactly the way they need to do it. And I think if we all have like a little bit of respect for ourselves and, and allow ourselves to be on our own 
path and not compare ourselves so much to everybody else, like the world would probably be a little bit of a better place. Um, it's about the art. Yeah, it is. It's about focusing on just creation as opposed to the end result. Um, as far as advice for my younger self, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> There's too much. Um, There's too I much some I advice. Say. Never get rid of that metallic metal tie. Oh that my you God. Wore. That's my biggest regret <laughs> in life. I had this. It was, like, it was a chain mail necklace tie. A metal tie. It was so good. And oh I, I got rid of, I had a gold one and a silver one and I, and I got rid of them. Can we please get photos so we can, I can share this with our there listeners? Photos. Photos. There's photos yeah, from there's my photos. 18th birthday. Yeah. Whew, they're so good. <laughs> so many photos. Um, Ilse, what do you have coming up next? What can our listeners be excited to listen to? Um, I mean, next up is, is you know, the Mark Ronson album I'm really excited for. We've put in a lot of time and a lot of work on that. And, you know, that's just been an incredible journey working with him. And so there's awesome features on there with amazing artists. And um, so I think that that's going to be really awesome. That's coming out this year. And then I've been so, so fortunate to be able to do some work with Miley, um, on her next project. And, you know, that's n nothing's finalized in, in with that, but I think that there's going to be some really special stuff on there and she's just such an incredible artist. Um, and I think her vision is just amazing. So I think people are going to be really excited to hear that. And, you know, other than that, I mean, there's, there's so many incredible people I get to work with every day that I think people are, People are going to be, you know, hopefully like what, what I, what I have in store it changes all the time. What are your socials so people can find you? I'm just at Ilse. <laughs> Spell it so people know. I-L-S-E-Y on Instagram. And then my Twitter's at Ilse J. Perfect. I'm not really on Twitter all that much, but Instagram I'm on a little bit. We're trying to get better. I'm, I'm trying to get worse <laughs> at social media. I'm trying to be less on there. I like that. I like that. Well, we love you. And I love you guys. Thank you so much for having me on here. Thanks for being here. Now we know you have to go. There's a songwriting emergency. So there is. Gotta run. I'm like a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> there really is. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> we'll let you go. Thanks for coming. Thank you guys. Love you. Love, love you. you. There are so many things that I wrote down as she was speaking that I want to take home and try and implement in my life. What did you take from it the most? I took the reminder that it's about the art mm. and it's about the creativity and anything that you do, it should come from that. It should come from that fire within you and you should be passionate about it. I mean, even if it's not what, if you're not fortunate enough to have your job be something that you're passionate about, even just something at home, you know, even the way that it reminds me, even the way that I am with my family, it should be about the love that I have for my family and not like, Oh, well, this is just another thing I have to do. And, mm -hmm. um, so I just loved that reminder of even with auditions or, or comparing myself to what other people doing as opposed to what I'm doing, like, that's an ego trip in itself. And instead, just look at the art that I want to create and that I have the ability to create. My favorite thing she said was you're never anywhere on accident. Yeah. I'm going to take that with me everywhere I go. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when she was leaving. She, um, We were just sort of saying goodbye. And she's, as she's leaving, she's like, said something that I thought was really interesting that could have just as easily been on the podcast. But she was like... When, you, when you're trying too hard to make something something that it's not supposed to be, you're missing out on the opportunity of finding what that thing is actually supposed to be. And it's like, yeah, that's totally perfect. It's just like you kind of have to just like accept things as they come. And it mm -hmm. seems like she's got the 
like a really uncanny ability to do that, which I'm very jealous of. <laughs> <laughs> well, as someone who's known her for a very long time, I mean, that's, I think, why I was so emotional when we started talking is because it's, you know, it's just so, it just makes me so happy to see a person blossoming into like the best version of themselves. And Ilse will be the first person to admit like, Hey, I don't know. I don't know anything. These are just the things that I've kind of figured out. And she's so humble, um, with her advice, but she's really done so much work on herself and, and, She's, I always called, um, like, I feel like there are a few kinds of different friends. You know, there's the friends where you're like social friends and your buddy, buddy, or the friends that you can go to a party with. And then there's the friends that are like, you're by the side of the road and you need to phone a friend. And she has always from day one been someone that you, like, she's a phone a friend kind of friend. And she just has that kind of heart. So I'm just so happy just hearing and being able to witness her her journey over the past you can see years. all her self-work too man it's just so obvious and um we're so grateful to have had her so let's talk takeaways real quick so what do you think you guys will um want to like kind of work on based on you know the conversation you had with her tonight for me your journeys and your goals change along the way that was really important for me to realize that the first goal you set out to accomplish it doesn't have to stay that even if it doesn't come to fruition it can change along the way and it can change several times and it doesn't mean that you're not successful it just means that you have listened to yourself and grown and now you have a new goal i i liked just the her openness to to opportunity and her excitement by seeing new doors and the, I like this new idea of like a video game and you don't want to you don't want to win the video game you you want to keep exploring and you want to you want to continue to open new doors and continue to ask questions and work with new people and and how fortunate we are now to be in our 30s and in in no younger artists and watch um younger people kind of growing into themselves and even as a stepmom, like the idea of inspiring them, like you don't have to have it all figured out. And there are multiple journeys and paths that you can take. It's not just one and they can lead you to beautiful places that you don't even know is right around the corner. And just a quick reminder, guys, that we are going weekly. So stay tuned. Next week, we have a whole new episode just in time for Valentine's Day. We have a really juicy guest on, Brittany Louise Taylor. You guys might know her from YouTube or her book, A Sucky Love Story. She essentially got engaged to a con artist. It's an insane story. We can't wait to share it with you. So make sure you tune in a week from today. This podcast is brought to you by Smilf, returning to Showtime with all new episodes starting January 20th. Bridget Bird is redefining what it means to be young, single, and a mom. Raw, honest, and relatable, Smilf stars Frankie Shaw, Rosie O'Donnell, and Connie Britton, only on Showtime. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Producer and director Jack Ferry. Producer and editor Melissa DeMonts. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Logo design by Natalia Vasquez. And music by Joe King. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.